All right. Good morning again. So glad that you're here. We're getting back into Psalms. As Christian said, we're going to be going through Psalms for pretty much all of the summer, various ones looking at their meaning. And uh, the Psalms are unique in that they're not, it's not just a book in the middle of your Bible. This was very much the worship hymnal for uh, the, the ancient Israelites, those who followed after God. This was their mixtape, if you will, of songs of worship that they would put into their daily lives to express their faith, to express their trust when it wasn't easy to trust in God, to express their frustration. These are songs and prayers that they would express over and over and over again. And even as we get into the New Testament, this would have been part of their daily worship. Now, when I think of these as being songs, I think part of the disconnect we have there is we've got these lyrics that aren't necessarily set up like the lyrics we have today with, you know, verse, verse, chorus, or, or whatever it may be. But we've got these lyrics, but we don't know how the tune went, right? We don't know how, how the melody was of the song. And uh, so to me, immediately, sometimes I connect these with, okay, what song does this kind of fit together with? Today, we're going to be looking at Psalm 90. And as I think of the meaning of Psalm 90, a song immediately popped into my head. And so for all of you who are sitting out there in front of me today, you get to be a part of the Rock Hills Choir. So welcome. Welcome to choir practice today. Uh, I just want to see if you recognize this tune. And if you do, I invite you to participate. I'm even going to give you a clue. We're going to go back, way back. We're going back to 1976 from the Steve Miller Band. Some of you already know it just by saying that. But let's go ahead and roll it. Hold on, your part's coming up. Here we go, you ready? All right, you're good, you're good. One more time. All right, uh, I got some new singers for you, Josh. I was auditioning right there. Time keeps on slipping, and indeed it does. When that was recorded, here's a picture of the Steve Miller Band back in 1976. Some groovy-looking young guys. Here's a picture of the Steve Miller Band in 2023. They've gotten a little bit older, but props to them. They're still playing, right? I mean, but the truth is, time keeps slipping away. No matter who you are, Psalm 90 is very much a picture of that. It is a view of the brevity of life, how short it is, how short of a time we have here on this planet. And I have to give you a disclaimer. I, I think it's important that uh, myself or any of our teaching team, we internalize the messages. It's not just where we're just discussing scripture, but it's something from the heart. This is very much from the heart for me today. I hope not too much so, because I have to be honest with you, I'm a little bit of a mess. My 
youngest son who was in kids ministry when we came here to Rock Hills is going to be a senior this coming year. My next son just graduated from high school. Yep. It seems like we just adopted him, which, uh, by the way, was six years ago today that we adopted him. And uh, my youngest daughter is getting married this week. And my oldest daughter just told us a few weeks ago she's expecting our first grandchild. So I'm getting it from every direction how short life is because all of you who are are, uh, of a parenting age realize it goes by like that. And those of you who are younger are like, yeah, we're tired of hearing that. But you realize when you get a little bit further down the road how fast it genuinely does go by. So Psalm 90, it's talking about that. It's a very unique psalm. It is the one psalm written by Moses. So the fact that it's written by Moses also tells us it is the oldest psalm that is included in the book of Psalms. So in other words, this is a classic tune. Even when the Israelites were singing this, this was the old song that they would have sang. David, as he writes the Psalms, this would have been a song that he was already singing and leading people in. So it's written by Moses. Why should we listen to Moses? Uh, Over 3,500 years ago, Moses' story comes about and... Here we are today, and we know at least some familiarity with Moses' name and his story. Moses had a unique life in that he had, the Bible says he lived 120 years, which that's quite an accomplishment already, but in that he had three very different careers or, or lifestyles. He starts out being raised in Pharaoh's household. Egypt, arguably the most powerful nation in the world at that time. And y'all know the story, he gets left in the basket, ends up in Pharaoh's house. Being raised by Pharaoh, he would have had access to all the opportunities in the world, all the education in the world, all the training in the world and provision that you could imagine. He learned how to run one of the mightiest nations in the world growing up in that household. Yet by the time he hits age 40, he kills an Egyptian. He flees out to the wilderness and he spends the next portion of his life as a shepherd. I think he probably thought, man, this is how my life could end. Maybe you've felt that way before. You're, you know, slaving away in a high pressure system and you just think, man, just send me out to the hill country and let me raise some goats or something and just, I'll be happy out there the rest of my life. That's Moses here. He's out in the wilderness as a shepherd, but then as he's out there, a bush catches on fire and God speaks to him and God appears to him and says in the third phase of his life, you need to go back to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. And all the plagues come. You guys remember that story? He leads God's people through the Red Sea as the waters part. And they go on this journey for the rest of his life, trying to find the promised land. So this is a man who wrote this psalm at some point in there, full of wisdom, full of experience, 
full of perspective of seeing how God moved in mighty ways. The title of this psalm in many of your Bibles is The Prayer of Moses, the Man of God. In other words, this was personal for him. To write this song, this poetry, would have been very meaningful for him. So let's jump in. Psalm 90, verse 1 and 2. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born or brought forth the or or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting you are God. So you see he begins this prayer this song declaring God's faithfulness in the wide angle lens. Before this world existed from beginning of eternity to the end of eternity beyond what we can even comprehend God you have been faithful from everlasting to everlasting, which that big picture view also gives us the, the, the micro view of just how small we are in that continuum. We are just a speck on that timeline. And that's what Moses is getting to here. He'll continue in verses three and four. You turn people back to dust saying, return to dust, you mortals, a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has gone by or like a watch in the night. Now, the first thing I think of when I read this, return to dust, you mortals, is some sort of Lord of the Ring moments here, you know, as God's declaring, return to dust. But that's really not what it is. He's just giving a, a sober view of our life is here one moment and the next moment it's gone, like a watch in the night. In, in the grand scheme of things, it's really just a very tiny slice of eternity. I think you all remember when you were a kid, you had a birthday, it feels like eternity till it's going to be your next birthday, right? It seems so long, but those of you who are parents you know, it seems like your kids are having a birthday every month. They're just growing up so fast. It begins to move faster and faster, it seems, the older we get. And that's just a, a hint of what Moses is getting at here. That God is in this huge view of time and we are just this speck in the midst of that time. Verse 5, Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death, they are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but in the evening it is dry and withered. You're born as a tender shoot of grass. By the end of the day, your life is over. Aren't you glad you came to church for this depressing message today? <laughs> Moses is speaking here from a perspective of wisdom, experience. And he wants to help us see from that perspective as well. Verse 10, our days may come to 70 years or 80. If our strength endures, yet the best of them are trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Moses, he lived 120 years 
He's not giving the rest of us as long there. He says the last 40 years, basically what I get from this, the last 40 years of his life were probably the hardest, leading God's people. And he says, even with the number of days that we have, God never assures us that they're going to be easy. He does assure us that he will be with us. However many years God gives us, there will be challenges that we face. On the good days or the bad days, the truth is still the same. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. He says, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Oh, glory, we fly away. You guys know what song I'm talking about there? Those of you who are old school church, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Tiffany has given me specific instructions that when she passes away, if she dies before I die, we shall not sing, I fly away at her funeral. And that's what this song is talking about, that one day it is just going to fly away. You guys know the song, right? I'll fly away, oh glory. All right, come on now. When I... All right. Good job. Good job. I promise you I will not make you sing any more songs today. <laughs> the next verse is not one that makes it onto the shelves of Hobby Lobby and, you know, some sort of decor or plaque that we would put up. Psalm 90, 11. If we only knew the power of your anger, your wrath is great and the fear that is your due. Your wrath is great as the fear that is your due. What does that even mean? Well, we have to understand that Moses has had a front row seat to the power of God. Seeing God in his own life, working in the midst of the Egyptians and spreading apart the Red Sea and the fire burning in the wilderness and leading God's people uh, through the wilderness and providing man, all these things, Moses has seen them firsthand. And he's saying, if you had only seen what I have seen, you would have no problem being in awe of God and having a fear, not scared of, but a respect for who it is that you're standing before. A respect for what God can do and wants to do in your life. Moses is saying, if you could just see as I see, you would have no problem being in awe of him. Each year in August, our family goes to the Davis Mountains in West Texas, um, there's a big observatory up there, but you don't even have to go to the observatory. You can literally just sit outside the porch of your cabin and look up and see some of the grandest stars in the galaxy that you have ever seen before. So crystal clear that it puts you in awe. And I think that's slightly what Moses is saying here. When you see what I've seen you can't help but fear, respect who God is and what he can do. Moses is saying, there's nothing compared to what I have seen. If we could see 
God as he is, we would give him the worship he is due. You know, sometimes for us, it's, we can come in here and Josh leads us and we find ourselves singing along, but our hearts are not connected in worshiping God. And I think that's because so often we don't see from the perspective that we need to see. You see, when we see who he is and what he's doing in our lives, worship just becomes a natural response. I think one of the best things we can do, we find in Psalm 46, 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. In other words, in the midst of your busy lives, stop, get quiet, put down the phone, turn off the TV, turn off the noise, and get perspective of who he is and what he wants to do in your life. Because you have a God who loves you. You have a God who created you and has purpose for your life and grace for your life. And he anxiously awaits your presence even more than we await his presence. If we could see as God sees, I think we would be more careful with the time that we have been given. It's easy just to think it's another Day And it's the truth. Today is just another day on the calendar. But when we realize that today is a gift from God, when we truly see it from that perspective, we become more careful with the time that we've been given. And that's Moses' point here. God has given you a gift, not just in that you have life and that he has purpose for you, but he's given you each day, each hour, each minute for his glory and his purpose. This is where Moses is heading. He brings it together in verse 12, which is such a crucial verse. Psalm 90, 12. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Moses is saying, if you can see it from this perspective, you will gain wisdom. Wisdom meaning, meaning being able to see as God sees in your life, to be able to discern his will in your life. In his one song, this is the message that Moses wants to give to you that would be passed on from generation to generation to generation, is that you could have the perspective of numbering your days. He says, when we do that, it's going to change us. Give us a heart of wisdom, counting each day as a gift from God as our life moves on. Remembering our time is limited gives us the wisdom to know how to spend our limited time. I mentioned my daughter's getting married this weekend. Once uh, that moment happened when Johnny, who grew up here in Rock Hills Church, uh, called Tiffany and I and said, hey, can I come over and visit with you guys for a little bit? And we knew, we knew what was up. But uh, he came over and, uh, you know, nervously asked, could, would it be all right? You know, is it okay if, is it okay if I ask Brooklyn to marry me? Once that happened, a countdown started. 
right? All the things that had to be done, and there's still a few more that have to be done before we get to the big event this weekend, but it's counting each one of those things, checking them off the list to have everything in place. As you number your days, as we take account of what God has given us and how we need to use it, it gives us a clarity about what's important in life and what isn't important in life. A very uh, sobering reality for those of you who have an iPhone. I don't know if Android does this, but you can check your screen time on here for how much time you've spent on this. I'm not preaching against iPhones, but for me, it was a, a sobering reality because I don't think I spend that much time on it, but then you open it up and it shows you how much time you have been on your phone. And sometimes we just need to take a stock of what is really important in my life and what is not so important in my life. My time is limited so I need to limit how I spend my time. Okay, Captain Obvious. That one, that one makes sense pretty much, doesn't it? Uh, though it's obvious, that is not our natural inclination to use our time wisely. So the question is, which may just seem like a simple life lesson, but in reality can be very spiritual if we use it right. What adjustments do you need to make in your life to give God the room that he needs and wants in your life? We tend to live life like we have all the time in the world. But yet at the same time, we know that that's not true. We aren't even promised tomorrow. We let many things that are important be put off until another time. We all know that we don't have an endless supply of tomorrows. We need to use the time we've been given wisely. I think, though we may not admit it, I think oftentimes we look at finances as our greatest commodity. Because the more finances we have, the more we can do, right? And, and that's, that's true. The more you could be able to enjoy life. That's, that's very possible as well. At the same time, if we're honest, we know that we can spend money. We can make more money. You can even lose money and still make more money. But you can never get back the time that has passed. Moses gives us this wide-angle view that your life matters and how you spend your moments should have meaning. Our lives are often filled with anything and everything that tries to be louder, that cries for our attention more than the things that truly matter. So why not Go ahead and make the minutes that you have matter right now. Before we look back and regret and think, I wish I'd done it differently. And all of us probably have some of those regrets. But yet in this moment, we can make a change that we need to make right now. There's an author named Bronnie Ware. 
who wrote a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. I know it sounds like a really fun read. She gives some great perspective. Uh, She worked as a hospice nurse, caring for patients in their last three to 12 weeks of life. She interviewed literally hundreds of patients about their lives and their top regrets in life. I'm just going to give you the top two. Number two was this. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. She says this. This came from every male patient that I nursed. They missed their children's youth, their spouse's companionship. All of the men that I nursed deeply regretted spending their lives on the treadmill of existence. All of them. Every man that she nursed for. Now, let me say there's nothing wrong with hard work. I think we should work hard. But when all of our focus and emotional energy goes into that and not the things that are most valuable in our lives... We need to calculate the minutes that we have before they evaporate and they're gone. And at the end, we've worked hard. Does it really matter if we've lost those that we love? We've missed out on what the kingdom of God wanted to do within our lives. The number one regret that the people she interviewed expressed, they said this, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. She's not saying that they wish they would have shirked their responsibilities. She's saying that they had dreams in their lives that went unfulfilled. She says this, this was the most common regret of all. When people realize that their life was almost over, they look back clearly on it. It's easy to see how many dreams had gone unfulfilled. Most people had not honored even half of their dreams and died knowing it was due to the choices that they had made or not made. She adds this, and I think there's a lot of wisdom in this. Health brings a freedom few realize until they no longer have it. I don't mean to be depressing again here as we look at the brevity of life, but I do want to emphasize what Moses and the Steve Miller Band were telling us, that time is short. And even though it seems like we have unlimited tomorrows, our time and moments are a gift from God and should be taken that way. So let me me ask you a question that maybe that author would ask you. What dreams has God put in your heart? Maybe ask God this week what steps you need to take to begin to move in that direction. Maybe we should ask God this week, what is it that you need to start doing? What is it that you need to start pursuing in your life? Because you're not in your 20s for long. Am I right? 
you're not in your 30s for long. We try to stretch out our 40s as long as we can. And then you're in your 50s for the rest of your life. Amen? In your life, who needs more of your time? Who will you look back on one day and go, I let too many moments slip by. Who needs, on the same token, who needs less of your time? Because there's always people in our lives that will suck the valuable moments right away from us. On the same note, what is stealing time from those who truly need your time in your life? Where do you need to make room in your life for God's presence and His purpose in your life? Where do you need to make room in your life for your spiritual health, your mental health, your physical health? All those things that we can take for granted until it's too late. Who needs less of your time, attention, and emotions? What roads are you walking down in life that are really a dead end? They seem enjoyable at the moment, but they're not leading you anywhere that you need to go. Would you pray with me as we reflect on this? God, we only get to live today once. How do you want us to spend this day? And God, should you give us the gift of tomorrow, how do you want us to spend our moments, our hours? God, Moses reminds us today in this psalm to number our days. For we are here but for a moment. Father, I pray that we would be a people that would make those moments count. As we love you, love others, help people find you and follow you. Father, help us to see clearly. Lord, give us the wisdom to discern anything that stands in the way of us living in the purpose that you have called us to. And give us the courage to make boundaries where we need boundaries. So that we could be wholeheartedly your people. Serving you and counting our days and our moments. Help us to spend our time wisely. This really hits home for me as a father. Mom, dad, as we pray, grandparents, aunts, uncles, how do you need to make your minutes count? As a child of God, how do you need to make your minutes count? Would you spend just a moment in your own prayer life giving God your minutes and your moments and asking Him to help you make the moments that you've been given matter.
God, apart from your presence and your power, we could never make these minutes matter. But because you sent Jesus to make a way for us, God, you have given us a gift. Help us to count our days. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for us today that we might live our lives for you today, tomorrow, and all the days to come. Forgive us of our sins. Make us a new creation that we would be wholly yours, Father. God, help make my days to count and help me to count my days. In Jesus' name, amen.